wherever you are, good afternoon, good morning, good Saturday, good Sunday, depending on day of the week it is, I don't really know anymore. It's Ben here from A View from the Ninian, and I'm starting a new podcast today called What We Talk About Without Football. The Football League was suspended around a month ago, and with that suspension, games for Cardiff against teams like Leeds, Preston, Bristol, the game against Fulham, which is taking place tomorrow, the 14th of April, have all gone with it as well. And nobody really knows what will happen with the remaining games in the season. And an almighty row is kind of brewing behind the scenes. But for football fans like us, this has meant a lot of empty Saturday afternoons, Tuesday nights, and a lot of time to kill. Clubs and broadcasters are doing a, a brilliant job in trying to fill that with reruns of games, classic moments from the past, and and you know everything else that comes with that. But it's just not the same. And in this podcast, uh, I'm going to invite some guests on, and we're going to explore just what we talk about when we can't talk about football anymore, or when there's no new football to talk about. I'm Ben James, from A View From An Indian, and joining me today will be Tom Phillips, uh, a man who I've met uh, travelled to many away games with, a man who appeared on Football Focus with me uh, exactly a year ago today, and a wethead extraordinaire. So uh, me and him will be discussing many things in his podcast, uh, mainly what we've been doing without football. So I hope you enjoy. And joining me now, all the way from the other side of London, is Tom Phillips, uh, wethead extraordinaire. How are you doing? Uh, very well, actually. Um not as bad as I thought I'd be doing, considering I'm stuck in a one-bed flat. But, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's hard, isn't it, really? I feel, I feel like your, your, your words after saying that you were good are betraying you somewhat. Say it again, sorry. The, 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 your reaction after you saying that you're all right are betraying you somewhat. The, the deep sighs suggest that you're not doing so well. I didn't want to come in straight away with the I'm really suffering, mate, and make. I didn't want to start on a real, real low point. I thought we could hit that by the end of the podcast. Yeah, I honest. think we will. We'll get there. We'll, we'll, we can we can plumb those depths depths shortly. So I guess then the first question: Where are you? How long have you been in isolation? How are you finding it? So I'm currently in Wandsworth, um, so South London. To anyone who doesn't know, south of the river. Um, being in isolation was there for four weeks now. Four weeks. Four weeks. Four long, long weeks. <laughs> um, and obviously with no end in sight at the moment as well. But, you know, it's me and my um, my girlfriend here as well. So we haven't spent this much time together. Mm-hmm. She's from Australia as well. So we had nine months apart. So from going from nine months A apart real test. to staring at each other just every week and moment of every day has been an interesting experience. So both is that how your work setup is then? I was going to ask the, the working from home question. Are you both around the kitchen table? Do you separate during the day? How does that work? Yeah, so we've uh, we've got our dining table turned into a a makeshift workspace now. We sat opposite each other. We're both lucky, really, that we can both work from home. So I can't complain too much about that. But obviously, we have not spent this much time together, and it's interesting mm-hmm. to see how both of us are in our workspaces as well. Have very, very different about- sizes. Learn anything about each other? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think I'm more irritating than I realised. <laughs> <laughs> I feel exactly the same, mate. Don't worry about that. I, I think I've been uh, winding up my girlfriend a bit as well. Yeah, and I, I, I think that she's got a, a job that's a lot more important than mine as well, which mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. interesting. Well, I, I really, I'm really not important. So you, you just for just for everyone listening, you work in the content space, right? Yes, I'm a failed journalist. 
so that's why I've ended up on a podcast with you rather than something yeah. like the BBC. <laughs> with another failed journalist. Yeah. Yeah, although I do interview players from time to time, so I guess that counts for something. Yeah, yeah you keep telling yourself that. <laughs> and everybody, she, she works in management consultancy, right? Certainly, I don't begin to understand what she does. And even now yes. I work opposite her, I still don't understand what she does. So. Oh, yeah, it says a lot really about her importance compared to your importance. Exactly, exactly. So you're in isolation. You've been there for four weeks. When was the last time you went out and what was it for? Um, so last time I went out was... My government approved walk slash shop that I tried to combine into one because I, I don't want to take the piss. So, yeah, the last time I went out was this morning just to get some supplies for the house. But I'm trying not to go out. I'm lucky, really, because I've got a little bit of a tiny like balcony. I'm on like a first floor flat. Mm-hmm. I haven't got a garden as such or anything like that. But I, get, I can have some sort of, not fresh air, it's central London, but I can have some air from time to time. But... Yeah, I haven't been outside much, but I'm not. I know some people I, like I haven't been out in like something like 26 days and what? things like that. Not, so, not at all. Haven't been out at all. Not at all. No. So, I bet it'll drive me mad. I mean, I'm driving. I'm going mad with my one-hour walk a day, but not going out at all in 26 days would probably drive me to the wall. I think yeah, it would absolutely kill me. Like I, I I've got a very different experience to the rest of my family because all of those, uh, they're all um, NHS workers. Mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. I've got like a, a paramedic, a nurse and an occupational therapist and they're living in West Wales. So they've got, they can afford a garden down that, that, that oh. way, like in central London. Luxuries. So, so they, they get, they obviously they've got a hard job, but they get to leave the house uh, and like sit outside and stuff. So I'm quite jealous at the moment. That is quite nice. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a garden here at all. I don't even have a, a small balcony to, to exist on. I have to open the windows and just lean my head out in the hope that I can breathe in some fresh air. So yeah, treat yourself. Yeah, I really treat myself. I saw a lad yesterday, I was walking through Leighton, uh, East London, and he had his feet just hanging out the window, which I thought was quite um, quite opulent. <laughs> I haven't quite fallen to that level yet. But I can no, you can see, slow- can you see any other part of him other than this one foot just out the window? Perhaps he's only got one foot. Oh, maybe, actually. didn't consider that. Um, before, before all this isolation kicked off, what was your kind of last m- night out you had? You went to the pub in the week before it all... Yeah, I, I probably went to the pub a little bit too close to lockdown, to be honest. Was it, it the was day of or the day after? Oh, no. It was, um, when was it? It was like just before St. Patrick's Day. So it would have been after Ireland had already gone into like pub lockdown, but we hadn't quite gone there yet. So that was my last, that was just like three pints and a Nando's or something pathetic like that. I do remember you framing it as kind of your last supper. Yeah, it was me and a couple of my friends who lived down in this area. Mm-hmm. But that was the last time. I, I didn't realise how much I rely on the pub. Same and, here, to be honest. Still, it's, it's bonkers. I, I'm not even convinced I like beer that much. It's, just, <laughs> I, just, just it's a social it. exercise, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I, hope, I hope at the end of this I don't t- take things for granted. I, I'll probably just slip back into my merry ways. I'm, I'm not going to come out to this and grab life by the horns and travel the world or anything like that but it would be quite nice to sit in a beer garden for a couple of hours talking trash not over yeah. well i think yeah i think that's it right i think there was a lot i i i live five minutes away from a pub that's at the end of my road that i very very rarely go to because i just prefer to go to other pubs but kind of now i look i walk past that pub every day on my government mandated walk it's empty closed i'm just like I think I'm going to make use of that pub when this, all this is over. I'm going to pop in every day for one beer just to show support for them. Yeah, it's like I didn't realise how many... Because I've tried to... If I've gone on my walk, I've tried to leave the, the flat in a, a different direction every time. Yeah. And within, like, 
like one of the wonders of London is if you walk in ten minutes away from your house or flat, you've probably passed three pubs. Oh, completely. There's yeah. so many pubs on here that and I so many different variants seen. of pubs. Yeah, so I've been like, like you know, I've been plotting maps. Yeah, of various pub crawls that can be done, and oh yeah, I want to see how long it takes me to pick all these off to be honest i hope but it's not done in the first couple of days because i'd be a bit worried uh, no that would be a bit worried but i was gonna say that leads me on to the next question which is um what's the first thing you're going to do when this isolation's over kind of your first trip out the house um isolation's lifted it's maybe let's say it's a thursday friday night um where are you gonna go what are you gonna see what are you gonna see where are you gonna go who are you with it's gonna be it's gonna be too busy isn't it that's the that's the one thing that's gone through my head now is that every pub is going to be absolutely rammed even the really bad ones it's going to be full of the Christmas part-timers, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's going to be like Black Friday, isn't it? It's going to be like Black Friday. The people who don't go to the pub all year round have their one big night out and ruin it for everyone else. I might... I, just in case any family members are listening, I might go home and see my uh, you know, my loved ones when the lockdown's over. Oh, yeah. Over. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good idea, actually, mate. But in reality, there's a pub called a Cat's Back that's about 10 minutes away from my house I've never been to, which You're is intrigued re- to me. Reserve a table and just spend the afternoon there. It's got a lovely front to it. I, I just want to see what the reveal of the pub is like when you go in. And it could be taken over and like be a dining room at the back or something. But yeah. there's only one way to find it. out. I could I've Google it, it, but I'm trying not to Google it. I don't want to spoil it for myself. No, it's a good idea. Yeah, I think I'm the same. I think it's going to be... Um, there's a pub around the corner from me called The Dog and Duck, which is frequented when I go to watch Walthamstow games who are my local non-league team. And I think I'm going to pay them a lovely visit, get a pizza from them and just sit there for a few hours and enjoy a couple of pints why not doesn't it exactly and then that, i guess then if you're at home and you you like the pub and everything else i know for a fact that you've got some good answers to this one how's the drinking and eating uh my drinking and eating is largely okay between monday and thursday yeah i've, I've, I've still somehow maintained being a weekend kind of warrior where uh-huh. i've got serious like kind of binge issues where mm. i think that same with like any sort of thing I've done it in my life in terms of trying to diet or eat healthy. I'm like kind of all or nothing. I want to, I won't have a beer at all during the week. And yeah. then, then on a Friday, there's suddenly 20 craft cans just dotted around the living room. Like I, I, I thought I'd buy a load of tiny rebel beers, uh-huh. you know, bit of Wales nostalgia kind of missing home. Thought, ah, you know, 12, 12 cans will last me a while. Gone. One Friday. One Friday night. So, yeah, the eating's not too bad. I mean, I asked that question because I know that one particular Friday you had. Oh, no. Seven don't... o'clock, which um, I, think, I think a lot of people will um, sympathise and empathise with, really, the, the Friday night you had, if you want to go into detail on that. Well, that one was, if it's the one I think you're on about, is just <laughs> the fact I didn't want to go out to shop as well. Because, you know, didn't want to go to the, the supermarket. One, because it's queues, and two, because I don't want to go out unless I have to. So just raided the freezer and I had something like, I think it was 25 chicken nuggets, Chicago <laughs> Town pizza, um, potato wedges, a whole bar of milk of chocolate, and a bag of, big bag of kettle chips. Yeah. And I was just like, I woke up the next day. I was like, what, what is this? <laughs> I can't do this for the whole of lockdown. But the I rest think, of the time, like I said, it's fine. That, mm. But that day was a real, real... Well, I've had many that was, thinking about it, but that was that, one particular one. That was relatively early on in lockdown, wasn't it? So it, it feels like I think everyone in that first week, week and a half, maybe two weeks, had a moment where they realised how, you know, how depressing this could be. 
and kind of lost it for a little bit. Because I think I had a few nights where I just, I drank everything I could find in my fridge and that kind of thing. Um, maybe not eating that much, but um, I'm just trying not to eat that much because I don't want to have to go out and buy food. Yeah, I saw you had a few bottles of Buckfast um, yeah. floating around at one point. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've kind of expanding in, expanded into making Buckfast-based cocktails. Mm. Um, I've expanded my cocktail repertoire to include made-up cocktails, including pulped mango um, that I found in my fridge and a pineapple from a tin. <laughs> <laughs> but they were delicious, actually. They were like a bootleg pina colada. I oh, um, see. I have, I haven't moved beyond cans yet because I had a beer fifty two, um, kind of subscription that I just didn't yeah, cancel after being given it as a gift. So I and I got like I don't drink in the well now I do, but I don't drink in the <laughs> flats normally. I just reserve it for after work on a Friday or something like that. But I've just slowly been going through the cans I've had hidden away in the cupboard. So I haven't moved on to my own cocktails yet. No, so I have th- to look forward to. Any good discoveries from the beer 52 boxes? I've got one coming, I think, tomorrow um, after the bank holiday. Well, they're all themed, aren't they? There was an island box uh, from uh, the country of Ireland. The island of Ireland, actually. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's not get into that. Um, and that was particularly good, actually. Some very good lagers from Dublin and stuff from the craft ones there. Some shocking, shocking dark beers. I think the, the dark beers go either way, don't they? I've got a few stouts in my fridge that I've looked at and I'm not really sure on. Um, yeah. I'm saving them until it's a real dark moment. Get it? Nice. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, so I guess then, isolation, football season was cancelled literally a month ago today or suspended a month ago today. Um, tomorrow night, it's uh, April 13th, tomorrow night we'll be going to Fulham. Uh, Craven Cottage, always good away trip for London Bluebirds. So I guess the question is, what have you been doing without football? Um, I've realised I don't think I actually need new football. Okay. I just need endless ways of watching old football. Mm-hmm. So I've mm-hmm. done a I've done a lot of that. Like I I I have taken advantage of the FAW's repeating Wales games. Like I Did sat you watch out the, the Belgium ones. Yeah, I watched the Belgium one. You swear I'd never seen it before. Like I don't know what it is. Like when Nangaland's goal goes in, and yeah. I'm sat no. there and like like Sarah's looking at me as if like what's wrong with you. I, I was yeah. there. I, I know what happened. Why am I upset? <laughs> Why have I got my head in my hands? Do you, think uh, it's, do you think it's a psychological thing? Do you think that like, when you're watching a football match, no matter if it's a replay or if it's one you've seen before, there's something in your ba- brain that's kind of triggered to go, you're back at square one on this? Yeah, but I, I mean? oh, yeah something might change. <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> might change. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's like you said before to me, like about um, you're worried about your phone going off in your pocket in a game. Yeah, you're watching because, it live. Yeah, you're watching the game live, but you're worried that someone spoiled it by telling you the score before it's happened when you're watching on TV. Yeah, or something and that's like that. and that's and that's years of watching hooky streams, isn't it? Yeah, because exactly. You, it's just a habit. You just you're on edge from certain things from football games, and like even watching stuff I've watched. Like I've watched the highlights of that game. I've never watched the full ninety until the other day, but I've watched the highlights of that probably weekly since it happened. Yeah, I've watched it weekly as well. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's really did hard get, to shake those habits. Did you get the same feeling as when um, Robson Carnu scored that, or uh, well, he sent the three Belgian players for a hot dog and scored the Cruyff turn finish? Yeah, it's just every time I watch that goal, I laugh. It's amazing, like, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. It's the Sam Vokes one that really gets me. Like, yeah. that, I reckon that's the best goal in that game. To I, I, I remember watching it. I, was, I, I didn't go to the Euros. I was, in, um, I was in New York for that summer, so I watched it in a bar in New York. I can remember being stood there in disbelief with Wales fans around us at Sam Vokes' goal, because it was kind of like, at 2-1, you still think there's danger. But when he made it 3-1 with, you know, it was in the last 10 minutes of the game or whatever it was, it kind of just was like, this is actually happening. 
yeah, it, it, it was bonkers because I was behind the goal in that one. I popped up. I didn't realise I popped up on TV in that Oh, game. did you? Because I did this throughout the Euros because I was in the cheap seats behind the goal. Yeah. I was right by where the camera crane was. So, But you can see my face has changed throughout the tournament. And I popped up in that Belgium game and my eyes were black just from tiredness. They're like not quite the just fresh face yeah, of yeah, Slovakia yeah. game. It's just this is taking its toll on me. <laughs> Like popping up on the screen there, but no, it it is nice watching these old football games, and I've been watching a lot of Cardiff like highlights. Yeah. There's certain games I can't watch still. Like I can't bring myself to watch the Liverpool final. No. I know we were massive underdogs, but I can't. I still can't enjoy that game. Not even not even the 120 minutes because I thought you know I've seen highlights of it. We played quite well for the 120 minutes. It's the it's the the penalties I can't bring myself to watch because because they missed their first couple of penalties and we managed to still throw it away. Yeah, and it's the Kenny Miller miss. Kenny the Miller miss. That I can't, I can't watch it. I don't know what it is. That game, because um, that's another thing I've been doing without without football is going through my ticket boxes. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I'm like one of those sados who kind of like. Sorry, I shouldn't say sados because there's plenty of other people who do this. But like, um, going through my yeah, yeah, massive legends. I myself going through ticket boxes and stuff, and it's games are completely forgotten about. Yeah, well, I watched what did I, I watched on the highlights of the day when we played Blackpool in 2008. And it was one of Ramsey's like, games where he just controlled the whole thing when he was 16, 17 or whatever it was, 17 years old. And I, I know I was there because it was with the, one of the seasons I had a season ticket and it was in the old, it was in Indian Park. But I don't remember anything about the game. No. Like I watched the highlights. It was like watching it new because I don't remember Ramsey being that good. I don't remember even, I don't even really remember Trevor Sinclair playing for us. No, because you're, like, you're slightly older than me as well. Sorry, uh-huh. I just thought I'd bring that up. Um, but like some Thank of the, you, so like so a lot of these games, I was quite young going to. If I did go to them at yeah. all, so like yeah. I, there was um, so that talking of the Carlin Cup, I found the tickets. I I, I didn't realize I'd gone to every game apart from the Oxford away game, the first one, because we just had a, a run okay. of just home games where yeah, we, we played did. Huddersfield, like Leicester, Burnley, Blackburn. Blackburn. No, we played, played all. We played both of them. Yeah, yeah, and then the semi-final against Palace. Yeah, and I, well, that was one of my first like proper away games I went to. Yeah, um, with my dad as well. So like, I didn't. That trip, I, to, that trip to Southwest Park is a nightmare, isn't it, from Wales? Yeah, because I I'd come up from from Carmarthen on that one, because the, the beginning of that tournament was just before I went to university in Cardiff, yeah. mm-hmm. and then some of the games I remember walking down to the Blackburn game from my holes and things like that. But the, like the Huddersfield game, I forgot that it was like 5-3 after yeah, extra time. And we were it? losing in the 88, the 93rd minute Cowie scored. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, this is how you end up down, going down rabbit holes then. Like yeah. you just end up seeing these tickets, Googling what happened, and then you get kind of flashbacks. Like we went to extra time and penalties against Leicester. We went, I think we went Good, to yeah. extra time against Oxford in that first game as well. I, th- I think so. I think it was one all, wasn't it? Yeah, then it end up winning four two. Yeah, something mad, doesn't it? Like three one or something like that. But I think that I think that whole season, I think the the Malky Mackay season when we got to the League Cup final was quite ridiculous when you think about it because he came in the summer and we only had sort of ten players. He built this team and we got to the League Cup final with you know games that went to extra time. You know the yeah. semi final went to extra time. The those two games you mentioned before went to extra time. That's a lot of extra playing time, and we got to the playoffs. Yeah, we must have played sixty odd games that season with FA Cup and everything else thrown in. Yeah, I've realised as well. Especially, I feel sorry for a lot of older fans. Like I'm jealous in a way as well because they've seen some football grounds in their heyday when like yeah. the terracing and stuffs there. But like I've been very spoilt as a football fan. 
Oh, completely. For Wales and Cardiff, because I'm I'm only in like my late twenties now, and like all I've seen really is relative success. Well, no, like, I think that, I think that's it. I think I got my first season ticket. You know, I I was I've been going to games since I was however old, um, early nineties basically, and like those first years we were league, you know, division three, but we always managed to get promotion or get relegated. We're always up and down. And then since the early 2000s, it's been a sustained trajectory of going up. Basically. We've kind of always been there or thereabouts in the playoffs. We've always, we've got to the FA cup final, league cup final, playoff finals, and we've got to the Premier League twice. Although the red season, we don't like to talk about. Yeah. Um, but you know, the last it's, it's been a, a good period for, to being a Cardiff city fan and a Wales fan, like you say. Yeah. Like the most of the, the bad stuff I've seen, obviously discounting like the, the colour stuff, but like mm-hmm. on the pitch, like our disappointments have been like relegated from the Premier League. It's, it's yeah, while while beating Man United two 0 at Old Trafford. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was quite an enjoyable day that one, wasn't it? A lovely but, day out. <laughs> but yeah, I just realised like how spot I am, and can it get much better now? That's the problem. No, it's and been... I think maybe that's why the attitudes this year have been a bit. You know, we 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 went to. The, the Swansea game and that was kind of like the Nadir wasn't it where we lost at the Liberty and I think those were kind of it was almost like a frustration that we weren't at the levels we were the season before it wasn't really like everything's really bad it's this isn't what we were expecting basically yeah we, we we enjoy ourselves more when we're the underdog or when we're not expected to win games it's, completely like our atmosphere is better almost when we're lo- sometimes it's better when we're losing 3-0 than it when we're drawing 0-0 in a game we, we should do be- I, I think the, the gallows humour amongst Cardiff City fans is quite strong. Like, it always yeah. has been. Uh, my dad always tells me stories of, like, the 70s and 80s when there was two, 3,000 people in the grounds and the things he's seen. And I think it's always been that way. So I, I totally get your point. Yeah. But anyway, we've got more football chat to come in a bit. So you said you've been going down some rabbit holes and we've been trying to fill the void of live sport with eBay competitions, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess, what, what, what was that? Tom, why were you watching me try and place bids on eBay? Well, it was live, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So and it's live. So it was like the only kind of live thrill you can kind of get at the moment. Like, in, yeah. that, that had a competitive element. So for full, bidding... yeah, for, for context, I was bidding on a 1996-1997 Cardiff City vintage tracksuit top. Um, it was made by the company, is it Aria? I can never really know how to say their name. It's E-R-R-E-A. Yeah, um, it was a, a you know very '90s kind of e- European kit manufacturer, and it, it went down to the wire, didn't it? Yeah, well, I, I tuned in um, with <laughs> seven and a half minutes left. Um, obviously, texting you as well while watching yeah. this to see what your tactics were. Discussing tactics, poor, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it, it was horrible in the end to see you miss out in the final few seconds on that jacket. It's a, a tough I, one to I, watch. I think I missed out by a penny. So basically what happened was the guy who I was bidding against was obviously trying to, to do me over with a, you know, the old Arsenal technique where they put bid an extra 40 million pounds and a pound for Luis Suarez. He would bid 37 pounds and a penny so that if I was better, you know, trying to up him by a pound, I would miss out by a penny. And um, I think he won it in the end for 38 pounds and a penny. And I, at that point, had tried to put in a 38 pound bid with two seconds left. And he, he got it. The other guy won it. So if you're listening, which is very unlikely, um, well More done. Likely. Yeah, well done, mate. It was a really nice jacket. It was a nice jacket. Too big for me, but you're you're a larger man. So I am a larger man. I've I've had some relative success on eBay recently though because I bid on that um, Premier Cup jersey. I think from the same season. 
and um, the original listing was sixty quid, and I got it for thirty in the end. So um, if you're listening, unlucky mate, I I got um, so I bought the yellow Spobat uh, shirt, and I got that for three pound twenty, which I was very That's proud a bargain. of. Bargain! I don't know. I seem to be watching it, but um, I I already had the shirt, but <laughs> but I had it without the sponsor because it was that year where we oh because we had. It. The- yeah, the triple seven was our original sponsor, wasn't it? Who then were yeah. unlicensed in the UK, so couldn't sponsor us. Typical Cardiff story. I'm like, yeah. I I was too impatient. I was like, in my, I was, I don't know, how old I've been in my teens anyway, and I was too impatient to wait for them to have a sponsor. So mm-hmm. I just bought the kit anyway. Then never had it printed on the front. So now I've got because they were offering reprints, weren't they? Yeah, and I said, like, nah, I'll keep it as it is. So but I think I think there's a space. I think because around that time the club was quite popular. Those shirts do go for quite you can get them quite cheaply on um ebay so that's yeah. a tip for all you shirt collectors out there um because i bought the the bellamy season shirt the blue one i bought it um for about a tenner i think a few years ago and um i never had that shirt or i, I have a signed version of the shirt but a shirt i can't wear bought it in xl thinking it was going to fit and it is tiny yeah it's a got, small shirt i've got a large long sleeved of it from at the My time yeah and i cannot get anywhere near it no it's it feels like a medium or a small in the xl it's really weird that's typical puma shirt wasn't it like just skin t- like made for the player not for the fun yeah exactly and we had um which is know, fair enough really it is a football jersey and to be fair but that was the season we had john parkin so I it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wonder what size that well, is. he must have had a double x well probably a triple xl which is no no kind of dig at him it was just the shirts are very small yeah so then, I guess, you know, talking about football, we, you know, we're all missing football. We've all had a, to fill our Saturday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. I keep getting notifications on my phone of games that I've missed because I, I tuned my calendar to have a couple of the non-league teams I follow and Cardiff City games in there. And every Saturday I get a notification for a game I can't go to. So I guess then, what are you missing most about football? What are you things you're missing the most about the football experience, going to games, all that kind of stuff, really? Like I said, I, I think I don't think it's the actual football I miss about it at the moment. It will, like, obviously, it's part of it because I'm yeah. watching old football. I've kind You're of got, I've, I've gotten the football that that's been replaced. It's just to go into the game, like actually missing going on a train, which is bizarre. <laughs> but do, do you know what I mean? You like the travel, yeah. the anticipation for it. It's like the ceremony, isn't it? Yeah, like you get yourself so hacked up about going to this game, and you've well, got the two guess... hours or whatever <laughs> you go in to watch it. If we jump then to the last game you went to, I assume that was the Luton game, right? Yes. And your morning before the Luton game where you were up at sort of 7am dressed, ready to go um, very early. Um, yeah. I know what you mean. It's that it's the excitement and the fun that comes with it. Yeah, and that was a new ground as well. So I was really excited for me. So I'd never been to Luton, the place I mean, on that, the ground. But that day, I think if we, if we had an away day to sign out on, that was a pretty good one. It's not bad, actually, is it? Like, in, we've had a lot mind. worse in the last year or two. Mm. New ground, but a proper ground in the sense that it was small. and It's a really strange ground. Yeah. Um, we won, 1-0. Uh, we spent a lot of the day in the Weatherspoons. Yes. Uh, um, we drank a lot of striker bombs. Mm. Um, yeah, and then, then, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't done that in lockdown. That's my I line, did, I think. I ripped my jeans. Uh, I lost my wallet. Tom lost his wallet. Um, I went to see Carly Rae Jepsen in the evening. Um, and you went to a party, or do you think you went to a party? I did go to a party. I did. I wasn't that bad. I went to a, <laughs> I went to a birthday party in East London and lost my wallet on the bus home. 
But yeah, but you found your wallet, didn't you? I did. I did. I'm glad. Got your wallet back. Yeah, I had my Cardiff City membership in it, so you know all the important. Crucial, stuff. crucial. Um, so yeah, so you missed the ceremony, you missed the the ground round, um, the the drinking of cans in the street on the way to the game. Yeah, it's the little things that you kind of take for granted, isn't it? Really, completely. Just, just actually, just socialising with people. I think that's why I missed. Yeah, yeah. Really, I don't think it's that much to do with football, is it? But but yeah, just. Yeah, you do miss. I, I won't moan about silly things now, like train delays going to games, because it's yeah. just more time I'm outside, which <laughs> I can't do now. But do you think this will change your attitude towards that kind of football? Like you'll be more. I, again, this comes back to what you said at the start, right? That you might, you'll probably have a new attitude for two weeks, and then things will go back to your merry way. Yeah, I, I'm, think, I'm hoping it lasts a bit longer than that. Do you but, think you'll take the opportunity to go to away games a bit more or even home games more? Because we're in London, obviously, it's harder to get back. Like, I haven't gone to... I've done a fair few this year. I think I've done, like, five or six aways this year in the end. But, like, nowhere near the amount I did the season before. Mm-hmm. I think I, I... I respect everyone who does every game of every season. It's, it's a commitment. It's a commitment. Yeah, commitment. I suppose we're not... Our home games as such are kind of like against London clubs for us, yeah. isn't it? So like yeah. we, we can't pop to the home games. But I had a season ticket the year before and that, that was draining. So I thought I'd take it. Well, I, I said I'd take a step back from it. But then as the season went on, I'd go to more and more. And mm-hmm. if we're allowed to go to any games for the remainder of the season, I'll be trying to get a ticket for it. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I've you know, checked the calendar and obviously tomorrow, I think tomorrow is meant to be the Fulham game. And Fulham is always a big game for, for London Bluebirds, right? Because it's um, they have the neutral end, which is quite easy to get tickets for. It's got the Rocket Pub nearby and it's right on the river. It's a good little away game. And I think... Yeah. Um, Stand disappeared now as well. Yeah, it's just uh, no Michael Jackson statue anymore. Um, it's just a shame, really, that that's one of the games we're missing out on. Yeah, and like... As murmurings at the moment, isn't it? Like football might come back beginning of June, but behind closed doors. What do you? What do you? What do you think is going to happen? Well, we've what only is got, your we've take only got on nine it? games left. I, like, yeah, I kind of didn't really twig that we were that far through the season in a way. Do you think they could play that in one month? Yeah, I can't see why not. I, or maybe a little bit longer, like fifty, like just under two, maybe. Then, I haven't got the Euros now. So... I haven't got the Euros, but then you have to take into account playoffs. Yeah, that's a good point. So in theory, and I, I, I'm not suggesting that Cardiff are anywhere near that level, but in theory, Cardiff could have 12 games left. So you could, in theory, do that over two months, right? Because that's uh, one and a half games. No, it's more, more than one and a half games a week. But you could do uh, a couple of games a week with some breaks in there. Yeah. Well, and you, I suppose you could have a look at the fixture schedule and try and make it that you do a couple of games in quick succession at home and then a couple in nearby yeah. ways. I doubt they would do that. They'd probably well, listen, in the same order. All but... I'm saying is that when I had to finish my Lazarus season in Cardiff, we were playing two 90-minute games on a Sunday. And if I can do that as one of the unfittest men in the world, then I think very fit uh, championship players should be able to do that. Yeah, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? And it'd be weird, though, like watching games behind closed doors and not just like one-offs because of problems with... Racism hooligans. or something like that. Yeah, hooligans and stuff. Like, just the end of the season, just... It just when it echoes... I can't watch it. It's weird hearing the players talk, isn't it? I think that's the thing I find. It's players shouting at each other. That's what I find really weird. Yeah, then some people have really high-pitched voices and it, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, not, you're not expecting it and it kind of yeah. it changes your opinion on the player. Changes your opinion of them completely. Naming no names. But, yeah, I don't know. I, we're only two points away from the playoffs. It's weird, isn't it? And this might work enough because Harris didn't have a lot of time when he came in to no. like 
he had to hunt, kind of hit the ground running. And I know they're not in now and they're not together, but he'd be in touch with these players now. They, they've had a bit more time to gel. And Probably got a lot yeah, not not that a pandemic is ever a good thing, but in terms of footballing, it could <laughs> you know it could, it could be it could be bad good for the world, good for football specifically. Cardiff yeah, City. yeah, I've got a Cardiff City hat. Yeah, <laughs> got a Cardiff City hat on now, but no, it could work in our favour in a in a weird way. It could but, work in our favour. I think I think I, th- I it seems like all signs are pointing to them finishing the season somehow, um, and I'm just I'm curious to see what the the response will be because there's been a lot of trouble further down the leagues in steps three to six about expunging the season versus points per game and things like that, and I think whatever decision the Football League and the Premier League take is going to open up a big can of worms. Yeah, because the problem is people treat it as completely different entities, than they? You've got yeah. like big football and small football, effectively. Essentially, yeah. They, they think that you can write off small football and it doesn't really matter. But for you know, for my local club, Walthamstow, they were on, on track for promotion. Points per game would have seen them promoted. And I think their argument basically is that if, if you do this, if you expunge the season, there's going to be a lot of teams who fold. Um, and you yeah. need to have some kind of conclusion, even if you can't play the games. Yeah, I think and it was think, like Barrow, wasn't it? One team who would put a lot of money that. into, like, yeah. put a lot of money into the season in particular, targeted it as their chance to go up. And if they don't do it this year, they lose a hell of a lot of money. Like we're lucky we're not in that as Cardiff. We're not really in that situation. Like, we yeah. probably probably would survive this. I think so, but there's a lot of clubs further down the pyramid that I don't think will. Yeah, um, there, there's a lot of clubs on the knife edge. Yeah. Um, and anyway. Moving on to something that happened this time last year. That's a really terrible segue. Yeah, um, we, yeah. I, I, uh, maybe we should start that again. Um, I don't really care. Um, so a year ago, <laughs> a year ago today, um, it's a, an anniversary of a very special day for for Tom and myself. Um, a day which uh, made us famous, essentially, didn't it? For about three for about hours. half an hour. Yeah, uh, about half an hour. We um, so this time last year we uh, were hot foot in our way. Well, actually, we would have been in Turf Moor at this, di- at this time, 40 minutes into the first half. But um, we hot-footed our way up to Burnley to watch Cardiff ultimately lose 2-0 in a very controversial game at Turf Moor. But the, all the action took place beforehand because Tom and I appeared on Football Focus. Yeah, um, kind of against my will. Against Tom's will. And that's what I wanted to talk about now because I guess, like, you know, ev- everyone, everyone, well, everyone that we know has seen the appearance of Football Focus, but it's quite a funny morning trying to convince Tom that it was the right thing to do because he didn't really <laughs> want to do it. Yeah, I, I thought, I know, I always wanted to be a journalist and I thought I'd be fine in front of a camera. <laughs> and two hours before, when I saw Train Delayed, I realised, oh, I didn't want to be on, yeah, I didn't want to yeah. be on TV. But I'm really glad I did in the end. But I was absolutely breaking it before going on. You were very nervous. I've ne- I don't think I've ever seen you more nervous, really. You were chewing your nails. Yeah, I know. It really hit me and I don't know why. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. After like after I'd done it, but before it, I was like, oh no, it's BBC. People watch Football Focus. So yeah, oh, I, wa- no. I was surprised at how many people did watch Football Focus because it kind of it went a bit crazy for half an hour after we did it. So the, we 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 hot footed the train up to Burnley. We got an earlier train than we were anticipating to to make it up to Burnley. Had to like literally basically run from the Burnley train station through Burnley Town Centre to get to the ground to to meet our allotted queue time. And I thought it was just going to be a kind of I didn't even know what uh, what expectations I had around the interview, but we were interviewed by Guy Mowbray, who's a bit of a uh, BBC legend in that sense. Um, and I think the whole way there, we, we didn't allow ourselves a drink before we went on air. Um, I think we had one can of Fosters when we got to uh, the... What, what train station did we change at? Preston? Well, Preston, yeah. We, we weren't going to have any, but 
nerves hit me, delays hit us. So it was like Ryan getting a Foster's from the news agent. And I don't think we drank the whole, I think we maybe had a, a half a can of Foster's each before we yeah. hot footed across. And, um, and then we, we went on TV and um, I think Tom was very good. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think I'd be invited back. But um, mainly because we're not in the Premier League and no one cares. No, anymore. exactly. No one but, cares about us anymore. Yeah, but I can't watch it back though. It's have you never watched it cringe. back? I have watched it back. And there's one bit where I just go, oh, something like that. At the end of one of the sentences, I'm like, why have I done that? Just take the silence. You don't need to fill it. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it is quite, I think, I, you know, um, not to, to toot my own horn too much. I've done a few TV appearances in my time. And you, I don't think there's ever a TV appearance where you come away from it and go, that was spot on. You always do something slightly weird. And I think yeah. I, watched, I watched it back this week and I, I'm basically like tit, uh, tittering, tottering between my left and right foot. And um. I, you, I don't know why I wasn't just stood still but you watch the whole thing and I'm just moving back and forth and like it's so weird the, I, I looked at like the, like the still of it earlier on and just the way that me and you have both got our arms behind our back in such an <laughs> yeah. unnatural position I'm like that's yeah. not how people stand but <laughs> where, where else would you put your hands? But, but that's why they're behind the back yeah because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a shin scratcher apparently when I get nervous when I'm speaking to people <laughs> really? Like, yeah I can't stand still so I have to like bend down and scr- scratch the middle of my shin I put my hand behind my ear I, I I'm think twitchy I tend to play with whatever's in my hand oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Like, or, or I like because I, I've got quite long hair I've been running running my hands through my hair I think been like trying to get it out of my face so mm. I'm quite glad I kept it behind my back but yeah it's kind of like um, a classic footballer's pose isn't it that sense like you know the, the stock photo for your, for your season photo with your hands behind your back. <laughs> yeah. But it was a nice day, wasn't it, Bernie? We met who you've been told now. It's not Derek, it's Dave. That's your fault. I even checked with you his name before. I was 100% it was Derek. I can only apologise. I was 100% sure it was Derek. I, I understand why we thought it was Derek because, like you said, we didn't drink anything before the game, but then we tried to make <laughs> yeah. up for it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think when you we, we got back to so there was a few train delays on the way home as well that day because Burnley's a, a regional station and we were trying to get back I think to Blackburn to then get a train direct to London but what we had to do in the, in the other in the end was go further I think it was further up to Leeds and then back down and while we were waiting for the train I ran and bought um, ten cans of Fosters from the local BP and I think the train to Leeds was forty five minutes and we'd run out of cans after half an hour yeah but made some lovely Burnley friends. So, so, to be fair, I think even after the game, we were walking through the town centre and Burnley fans were, were commenting on our TV appearance. Which is bizarre. So, bizarre. And then we went to the, the best pub in the world. Oh, the, oh, Big Window. Big Window. How much was a pint? Oh, what was it? Like 170 or something, wasn't it? Oh, have, I, have I done that classic of undershooting it now? <laughs> You've undershooting it. Oh. It was £2.10 <laughs> for a pint of Cronenberg. There we go. Which is really and, good. Uh, <laughs> which is really good, especially for us London dwellers who are used to paying, I don't know, about four quid for a Cronenberg. Um, but we just couldn't believe how cheap the pub was. Um, and then the, the rest of the journey home was somewhat of a blur. Mm, I think you, you disappeared from O'Neill's in King's Cross. Uh, you without just got saying up and goodbye. Walked, without yeah. saying goodbye, just got up and walked off. Uh, knew, and I, knew my limit. Knew your limit. And I tottered home not long after. Um, yeah. It was one of the better away days, I think, even though we lost. Because when you look back at the Premier League, you're not looking at the away days, apart from the odd... One or two. You're not looking at it had been a good day because of the result. No, because we didn't have many good ones. So like you are clutching at pint pint of uh, sorry pint of price price of pint. Yeah, yeah. And things like that is a reason why you've enjoyed your day, isn't it? But well, I think I think the best away days we did last year for uh, for non footballing reasons were weirdly Gillingham 
Burnley. <laughs> yeah. And then Man United on the last day of the season was the footballing reason. And, yeah. and Brighton away, obviously. Um, yeah, it was a good we, did, we kind of did together. There was other games you went to and I went to without each other. Uh, we don't go to every game together. Most, though. Um, uh, so, yeah, that was Burnley away. Yeah. Well, it might be a while to, until we go there again now, which I'm actually quite sad about. Do you think you'll, would you, and I suppose rounding off everything, do you think we'll see football or will be able to go to football before, between now and the end of the, the season in inverted commas? Oh, I'd like to think so. I, I, I don't think we'll be let back immediately as soon as no. the games come back, but you'd like to think that when it comes down to the final few games where stuff's on the line, there'd be fans in the ground. But obviously there's more important things at the moment, isn't there, than football? Of course, completely. And I think I think, yeah. I think there's a there's a rush to get things back, but I don't think I don't think anyone should should rush in this stage because like you say, there's so much going on and there's so many things that are completely unknown that rushing back could only cause more problems. But Yeah. I think I'd like, remember as well as that I think football really they can't rush it back. And like if it no. takes months and months and months, even if we're out of lockdown for a while and you can't have 60, 70, and obviously not a Cardiff, but like some of these grounds hold like 70,000 people. Yeah. Like you can't just rush back to that for many reasons. And, you know, no. there might not be football until November, but then so be it, doesn't it? But, yeah. Yeah. But we see what happens. Like, oh, I don't know. I, I want the season to end because I think we've genuinely got a chance now. Playoffs it is then. Yeah. Oh, I can't, I shouldn't have said that really, but... <laughs> Uh, well, I think that's probably the best place to leave it, really, with Tom Phillips's um, out, outlandish predictions for how the season's going to end. Yeah, because I'm very good at predictions, as you could have seen in Football Focus. So Yeah, exactly. Dig out that clip. It's um, uh, I don't know where you could find it, but it's funny. <laughs> your, your Twitter. <laughs> my Twitter. My Twitter or Instagram, really. Um, and if you follow me there, then you can find it there. But um, Tom Phillips, thank you for joining me on this new podcast. It's the first ever episode of, and it might be the last ever episode of, but who knows? It's been fun. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to go back to read it about the FEW Premier Cup now. So Yeah, enjoy it, mate. Get, get that history and get it on a quiz for us all to do. Oh, I'm already writing it. <laughs> all right, mate. Nice one. Okay. Ta-da. Ta-da.